I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Researchers seeking information about genes and genetic variants face the challenge of needing to search multiple databases, each with their own unique set of formatting issues. To unlock the information they're seeking, they often must spend hours wading through databases, restructuring data, and addressing non-standard annotations. A group of scientists at the Scripps Research Institute is addressing that problem through the development of two web services, mygene.info and myvariant.info, that pull data from multiple databases and provide a uniform structure for the information. We spoke to Chun-Li Wu, Associate Professor of Molecular Medicine at Scripps Research Institute, about the services, the challenges in maintaining and keeping current those rapidly growing data sets, and how they're changing research into genetic-based disorders. Chunli, thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the inviting. We're going to discuss MyGeneInfo and MyVariantInfo, two web services that you and your colleagues at the Scripps Research Institute have been developing to make research into genetic diseases more efficient. Perhaps we can start with the problem you were trying to solve. As a researcher, what were the issues you encountered when trying to get information about a, a specific gene? Yes, and absolutely. Thank you, uh, Daniel. So, um, the pro- as a as a bioinformatician, we have like a daily problem, like try to do a lot of data wrangling, right? And uh, oftentimes we say like we by like a bioinformatician, we do maybe ninety percent or like eighty at least like eighty percent of the work to just to get all the data together from maybe from 10 or sometimes from dozens of data resources they are out there and they are all very uh, valuable but somehow they are just uh, existing different data silos and then we spend a lot of time to try to aggregate them together and each of them have the different uh, structure so we um, have this uh, like a pen about doing all this uh, data wrangling and over the year we have the experience to to do this data wrangling then we actually Gain the like a skill set to try to make this as a so-called like high performance web service. That's what we try to try to get this uh, like a um, and aggregated gene annotations out using a web service. For example, like for when we try to get a gene, we want to get all the information from this that maybe more than ten resources. So that's basically the problem we try to solve with this high performance web service. It's often said that we're, we've gotten very good at creating data, but actionable information is another story. How much of a problem is this for researchers in terms of being awash in data, but, but lacking meaning and connection? Yeah, in terms of like the connecting the uh, data, connecting the annotation data, for example, about the gene, about the variants, is largely is because of the, all the data resources probably speak the different language, maybe speaking the different uh, like um, like 
like or, or simply just using a different like a data format and they don't uh, compare to each other. We then speed that. We then need to spend a lot of time to do this kind of a mapping. And this mapping can be error prone. And also, uh, when we do this mapping, we probably just do this once. Maybe, but the data source will up, keep updating. So with all this like uh, data wrangling problem, all the link between the different uh, resources can be can, can can be lost, and it can can be like a, a your resource on your local computer can be like outdated. That doesn't probably doesn't represent the current knowledge of about this particular gene or the, this particular variant. Something can some can be wrong or some can be incomplete, and so it's really like the getting the most update up to data annotation about the gene variant uh, gene and the variant are very important for the for making the like the like a the decision a research decision or like uh, even some some clinical decisions yeah. well what was the idea behind my gene info and my variant info yeah sure so I touched a little bit of it when I answered the your first question so basically the idea is we try to um, we know all like, everybody basically doing all this kind of data wrangling when we do this when we do all this work behind the door uh, behind the like a close uh, in like a, for example uh, within our own project we just do this and aggregate the downloaded the file do the file parsing and maybe store it in a certain format in our own local database and we all do basically do the same thing when we one data source maybe change the format a little bit then all of us, we need to repeat this effort. We need to do that again, and we all do the same. So, and when, when this data source is updated, then we everybody need to update. So that's that's like a common task for every bioinformaticians. So we saw this like a repetitive work, which makes things very very inefficient. And now we really want to abstract this repetitive work into a so-called like a web service. It's essentially a like a, uh, essentially a central hub to uh, to access the aggregated data. We basically we still need to go through all these like data parsing and get a, uh, try to get the things uh, formatted in this uniform uh, structure and then unify them together in my gene.info and my variant.info. But uh, what we hope we do once, then other people don't have to do it. When they access the annotations through my gene and my variant, they gather the aggregated data from the multiple resources, and they are in a so-called JSON format, as a structured format, and very easy to easy to read from any like a popular programming language. No any like, no any parsing error anymore, and so they they will have this data, and we keep a very tight update schedule. Keep like a, um, like one oh, every every week we will update all the, our uh, backend data, and also we eventually I think we what we want is we hope this each data source can be can be managed by the different user. We design our uh, software platform in a way. Uh, in the future, we can support like so maybe this data source can be can be like uh, handled by one of the one of this outside user. Or outside user maybe have find some specific resources they didn't we didn't include in our resource. Maybe they have a way to include this in our database. And then other people can join the the uh, join into the effort to try to maintain the like data translating from the original resource to our um, high performance APIs. 
that's I think is the idea is like using the latest web and technology and especially the current cloud computing technology and try to abstract this repetitive work out of our bioinformatician daily uh, data wrangling uh, uh, data wrangling uh, pipelines. So that that way, I think we all can uh, focus more on the actual data analysis and data um, and application downstream application development. I think that's the idea. So what data specifically would someone find on MyGeneInfo, and and how much data is there today? How is it used? Oh yeah, um, right now when we uh, when we wrote this paper in the genome biology, we reported like a myvariant is probably getting um, getting four to five million per month per month request. That's for my gene, and my variant is uh, re released a little bit uh, later, maybe less than a year uh, in mid of uh, two thousand fifteen. Right now, we probably have like uh, less than one, no, close to one million per month, like eight 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 thousand seven seven hundred uh, eight hundred thousand or um, seven hundred thousand um, like a request. And, and where do they draw the uh, data sources from? Uh, for my gene, we uh, draw from like large data source, like uh, um, uh, like 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 from uh, like NCBI, for example. Those are like basic gene annotation from the uh, for the gene. And we also draw the like a uh, gene annotations from specific annotation data source, like uh, for example PDB from all kinds of like pathway database. Uh, like a gene two uh, pharma GKP mapping, gene two uh, microarray reporter mapping, and gene two uh, like a RAPSeq and a gene RIF, all the like a very specific uh, annotations for the for each uh, individual genes. And for my variant, right currently we import uh, the source from uh, uh, fourteen different resources, like uh, popular like. Uh, um, uh, DBSNP and also uh, one another like comprehensive uh, annotation database called DBNSP and also like from popular CleanBar from Exact and we are top, we are constantly like like look forward to include more data resources as they become available. Uh, how much of a challenge is it to create a uniform structure for all this data? I take it each of these databases are going to be cataloging information in their own unique ways. Yeah, so um, the challenge here is really like a is like a different uh, format, but it's uh, it's normally people it's okay like everybody can write their parser for one for one file, right? And uh, but as a, like for example, we can uh, write a parser for for a tablet file, or for like a for variant, we probably can write a parser for the VCF file. Sometimes more complicated, maybe the data source is like XML format. XML format is known to be very, very, very complicated and cumbersome to parse. But still, we put in some effort to try to parse this XML, try to get out of the uh, get all the valuable information out of the XML format, and and then we uh, then we define uh, like a structure using so-called like a JSON format. So JSON actually allows uh, us to uh, basically for the each gene or each variant, we just need to index the gene as uh, using the like a like say genes like a gene ID 
from uh, NCBIGIDE or Ensemble GID for variant may be just there, like uh, we use HGBS name for each variant. And once we define this like so-called like, primary key, then the actual structure from each data resources can be very flexible. That's the uh, advantage of a JSON format. G given the rapid clip at which we're creating information, I take it there are two challenges for you. One is staying up to date, and, and the other yeah. is scaling all this. Uh, how do you deal with those two challenges? Um, yeah, keep the keep the data up to date is very important. We essentially just develop our very uh, efficient part data parser, and also we have uh, like a data uh, harvesting. Uh, uh, pipeline basically monitor all the resources by either by their FTP side or like a HTTP side, like there's a timestamp. There's all sorts of ways which I enable us to monitor the data source. And once we saw that like data data is updated, then we have a way to automatically grab that file and trigger the data downloading and parsing and importing the data into the into the our database. And we also have a way to basically, when we do the uh, data updating, we actually don't do the like, say, whole dump of like, whole, like everything, because that's going to be huge, produce a lot of uh, actual uh, like uh, handling uh, problem, a lot of effort we need to deal with that. But instead of every week, we produce a fresh dump of everything, we produce like incremental updates. So every week, the updates is not as huge. Probably like like a less than a hundred megabytes data. They are just the difference between this week's version versus uh, last week's version. Then we do this like an incremental update. That's how we solve this auto updating issue, so that we can keep up like a really tight updated schedule, like, like a weekly. I don't think a lot of people actually uh, will do this weekly update. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for the and the second question is about the how to scale the data, right? And we here we use that uh, technology based based on the cloud uh, Amazon cloud uh, infrastructure, mm -hmm. and we build our indexing engine at the front end API server. All of these servers they have the redundancy, and all of the servers there's a multiple server. Um, they, they form like a cluster, and in the cloud, and allow us to free freely to add or add or remove uh, any number of nodes. And uh, we uh, we keep a close monitor of our uh, servers, and um, and so so far our uh, setup in the Amazon Cloud is works very nicely. And you, as you can see from our very uh, very high usage, uh, we actually recorded like a like a very extreme usage for my gene.info actually like five or five million per day. Wow. that's like a huge usage from uh, from. Uh, from a single, uh, from like a single uh, web app, web application. So uh, yeah, but our server setup is just uh, can hold up, and it seems like it works fine. Yeah. Can you walk us through a, a real world example on how these databases are used and how they're changing the way research is conducted, or perhaps the outcomes of researchers are able to generate? Yeah, sure. So um, we developed this mostly focus on like uh, providing a data. Backend as an API, so so called like an API that basically means the target audience will be the bioinformaticians and who develop the develop like a, uh, another other web application for biologists or bioinformaticians who deal with the data analysis for uh, 
from the data, uh, like experimental data. So that means the real use case can be, for example, someone doing like a, um, some like a, a gene enrichment analysis. If you get a list of candidate genes from uh, experiment, you want to make sense out of it. And you want to know, say, like, uh, what are those genes map, how those genes are mapped to a known pathway or known functional categories. So, uh, my gene.info API actually can provide you a very up to, very up to date and like annotations about the pathway associated to gene, about like, uh, you have like a gene ontology data mapped to those genes. Those can be easily to, um, uh, um, like implemented in a, a bioinformatician's daily uh, analysis pipelines, so they don't really need to maintain their own data local database. They just make the API call, and I, our API is fast enough so they can just do say like a, you want to query a thousand a thousand gene for their like a gene annotation, or for their like pathway or uh, gene ontology annotation. You can down like. Uh, Within like uh, within thirty seconds or something, definitely like less than one minute to finish all the all the queries. One of the interesting things to see is that people are now writing apps to sit on top of these databases. What's the significance of this, and, and how does that work? So you mean like other yeah yeah just like I mentioned like a, one is a use cases about a, a, a not data analysis is like people can develop a pipelines. Another important use case is just you just mentioned other other developers can actually build the application on top of those APIs because those API is providing the uh, consistent format of the data about the gene about a variant and people can actually um, retrieve the data they want and for example and previously like almost every like a bioinformatics web application probably will have uh, something like a uh, like an input box, and they can search, maybe search gene by symbol, by name, by maybe associated pathways, and implement some kind of a search box. And when you click search, you will get back to the list of candidate genes. That's very common for all the applications. So with, uh, uh, like traditionally, people need to implement their own local database, right? And they also sync with uh, maybe with uh, with a uh, with a like an NCBI ensemble. Now they don't need to do that. They can just hook it up with uh, web, say, mygene.info API, and that's just can be done uh, totally from the from the browser side. You don't even need to maintain anything about a gene uh, at your server side. So that's like save a lot of effort. And the same for the mygene.info. People can say, if I have an application, I have this candidate gene. I want to see like what are those uh, variant reported variants associated to this gene. You should be able to do this, uh, this like uh, uh, this API calls directly to my variant info from users' browser. It doesn't really go through the um, developer's server at all. Yeah. What's ahead for mygene.info and myvariant.info? Are, are there plans to expand them or, or make them more useful? Yeah, we uh, we currently uh, with the support of all this uh, NIH's BT2K grant and uh, we. Uh, Really, like, committed to make this uh, more work even more efficient, and especially we want to expand the data coverage, and uh, and we also want do want to expand the ability. Say, like, uh, we want to enable other people to add the data resources, and we want to say, like, if you have a good data source, we don't include, and we have a public um, GitHub repository, 
and uh, we have uh, developer guidelines and to how to add the data resource into our uh, our our database. And um, in fact, we have already worked with a few collaborators to try to add their data into our system. And we, we're gonna we're gonna continue work on this uh, process. Try to make this procedure even more um, more smoothly. And we understand that with only one group of developers, this is not going to be sustainable, especially with all the data, uh, more and more data. And we do want to uh, make this a community effort and make this a uh, community uh, applications so that it can grow and it can um, make a long-term sustainability. Chun-Li Wu, Associate Professor of Molecular Medicine at the Scripps Research Institute. Chun-Li, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Daniel. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com. <laughs>